What's up, everybody? Welcome to all new episode of All About the Birds, the weekly report. Um, we're live here on Wednesday night, as we always are. We're going a little bit later. Sixers game is just wrapping up. We're going to kind of tweak the show a little bit tonight. We're going to start the show with a little Sixers talk here because obviously that's what's fresh in everybody's mind right now. Sixers are dominating the Washington Wizards right now here in game two. My win by 20 prediction from earlier in the day may come true, actually. What's what's the updated score there, Chip? As of right now on my TV with 141, it is 118 to 93. So my 20-plus win prediction is holding true right now. As always, the crew's here. I am Phil Stifle. We got Chip Keggy here. We got Mr. NFL Jeff Warner down at the bottom there. We're going to see what Jeff's NBA knowledge is like tonight. So we're going to talk a little Sixers to start the show. What we saw tonight in this game, this dominant win. Then about halfway through the show, about 20, 30 minutes into the show, we're going to transition into some Eagles talk, as always, because this is the weekly report, the flagship show of the network. So we got to do some Eagles talk here tonight. Again, the first thing I want to say and the first question, comment, whatever you want to call it that I want to say about tonight's game where are all the Ben Simmons only scored six point? Yep. Because let me tell you something. Ben Simmons came out and put the points up. He still put the rebounds and assists up. But you know what? He straight dominated this game. Did he not? He did. He absolutely did. And he, right from the first quarter, I mean, he had 12 in the first quarter, almost to the point of he heard it. He heard it all. It was fuel for his fire. And he was like, screw you. Absolutely screw you. Tell me I can't, you know, I can't score. All right, fine. I'm a score. I'm still do all the things that I already do. But for the people that go out there and say, well, Ben Simmons is not a valuable part of this team. Ben Simmons is a tradable piece. Ben Simmons isn't this. Ben Simmons isn't that. And all of his teammates were like, you don't understand what his value is to this team. But mother is going to show you. Let me tell you. And well, he did. To count that, you say all his teammates. Doc Rivers said. Doc Rivers. Was it earlier today or yesterday? I don't know what all you see, but what I see is a special player right there. And I, and I think I love the fact that Ben Simmons – or Doc Rivers stood up for Ben Simmons with a basic comment like that supporting his star player who, look, you want to complain about Ben Simmons scoring six points in game one? Yeah, he's got 22 points tonight. But guess what? All of a sudden, Toby's points went down. Joel Embiid's – there's only so many points for your three stars to have. Correct. You don't have to be a scorer to affect, effectively affect a game. So I, I think you can get game one performance, win a title. You can get game two performance and win a title. So I love to see Ben Simmons shutting up his haters tonight. Jeff, thoughts on the, the Ben Simmons haters? Uh, he, like you guys said, he's, he, put, he put them to rest a little bit tonight. I'll say it was a very well-rounded game all around from the starters. I would say I kind of felt they were a little bit more prepared uh, in game two rather than game one. Uh, something they definitely all did better that I, I, that I felt that Doc uh, prepared them for uh, was definitely in transition defense. That first game, the fact that the Wizards were running up and down the court as soon as the Sixers uh, would either uh, score a bucket or uh, tra- way the transition the ball, they would get an easy bucket down the court. Uh, you saw a little bit of that early on, but you've, you, you saw Doc uh, – get his team under wraps, got them uh, composed, and they were able to settle down and have another dominant performance. 
So the game has gone final, according to my screen. 120-95, Sixers victory. Not only did the, the 11 deep that the Sixers run in the playoffs, they literally ran, what was that, 6-5-11? The whole entire roster got into the game tonight. Yep. And I don't think a single Sixers starter played the entire fourth quarter. So I just think it goes to show at how dominant and deep this team is. They are. And the, one of the things that everybody said is that when the playoffs come rolling around, they're going to shorten up the bench. Even in a close game like happened on Sunday, they played 11. They played 11. So in this situation, now it was a 25-point victory, and it was a dominant victory. It was, it was dominant. You saw that the starters didn't need to. I'm looking at the minutes. You know, Ben Simmons played the most at 29 minutes. That was it. He played the most at 29 minutes. Embiid, 26 minutes. That's awesome because you're keeping him healthy. Then you have him, you know, you have uh, Curry. He got a little dinged up. Tobias got a little dinged up, but they all came back together. So having those couple days off is important. This team looked great tonight. They looked great tonight. Absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, we all held our breath when Tobias Harris kind of limped off the field. We all – I mean, everybody knows I'm a Mr. I'm Mr. Tobias Harris, you know, fan club leader there. I love my Tobias Harris. Underrated guy. Everybody that's tuning in again, if you're watching on Facebook, make sure you click share and turn your notifications on on YouTube. Thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications there and on Twitter. Make sure you click and retweet. This is the All About the Birds weekly show, weekly report, but we're doing the first half of the show, you know, talking this Sixers dominant win. Um, bring your comments in the comments section. Two days off paid off. Two days off pays off. But I think some of the points that Jeff was making about game one issues was because they had seven, eight days off. You know, I think there was a little rust in that game one. Then game one happened. They got the rust out. They had two days off, some practice, and they were ready to crush it now. Um, they get another two days off with old school load management tonight right. with minimal minutes and can go into game three and just and quiet that Washington crowd, which I'm sure is going to be rowdy and ready to go for a playoff game. Playing in Philly. I mean, it's not, it can't get any rattier than Philly. So the one thing that I really liked watching this game is when I watched the first game, you saw, and all the commentators talked about it, and Jeff talked about it too. Like everyone noticed it, is that this team did not get back on defense, right? They would score and then Beal, Westbrook, they, Ish Smith, they would all fly down the court and score before we even got back. That was corrected tonight. So having that time off, having a conversation going, this is what it is. This is what happened. And yes, there were still moments. You know, Dwight Howard had a tip and there was a full court pass and another. There were still moments because that's how Washington scores their points. They are a very quick moving team. It didn't change the outcome of the game. This team came prepared tonight and they flexed their muscles and they dominated. The fact that Embiid only had to take 12 shots, he was smart with his shots tonight. He got 22 points on 12 field goals. He made eight of them. He took four three-pointers, made three of them, took three three free throws, made three. Like He was very intentional with his shooting tonight because Ben Simmons allowed him to be. But, you know, Ben Simmons didn't shoot any three-pointers, guys. He didn't attempt okay. any three-pointers. You know tomorrow's conversation on the channels we shouldn't be listening to are, all right, Ben Simmons did something, but Joel Embiid did not score 35. He's oh my a problem God. now. You know, there's always going to be a narrative of negativity. 
and we want positivity on this network, on this show. And there's so much positive you could take from game one and from game two. Absolutely. It just goes to show that you don't need just one. Like this team is so deep. If Ben Simmons has an off game shooting, you've got multiple guys who could score. If Joel Embiid gets into foul trouble, Tobias Harris could step it up. You've got Seth Curry. You've got Dwight Howard. I got into a conversation with Jason Ashworth, former Eagles outsider host and all. You know, the 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 upgrade from Al Horford yes. to Dwight yes. Howard shows immensely in the playoffs. It's just such a big difference, this team, in one ter- one year turnaround. Just- I still think that Dwight Howard should be up for a six man of the year. I mean, that to me <laughs> That's that's a little pushing it, but okay. No, but think about much. think about how much he had to play when Embiid wasn't, and think about it. Dwight Howard acted as a starting center when he had to to get two guys from the Utah Jazz both up for six man of the year. One of them had to be the seventh man off the bench, so that doesn't exactly <laughs> click to me. That's a great point. I get it. <laughs> Jeff, what do you got to add to that part there? Just not, was, Dwight, not the Dwight Howard six man. Not Dwight Howard, but you know, I, anything I, I, other than just the Dwight Howard is better than Al Horford or anything else we just said. <laughs> but uh, just to add to you guys' points, I was saying you you look at the stats and the see the stat line for Wes, Russell uh, Westbrook in this matchup playing twenty nine minutes, but it was two from ten from the field with ten points, six for ten from the foul line. If you would have told me that, I. I I would I would I would be surprised. Granted, Bill ha- Bill had a night, thirty three points, fourteen and twenty eight. But uh, defensively, I felt the Sixers played pretty well, shutting down uh, the, the Wizards for the most part from the field. What they were two for something from the three point line. They shot like nine percent. So <laughs> defensively, I felt also that they were well more prepared and matched up pretty well in game two this time around. Uh, so hopefully they can build on that momentum and that defensive front and uh, continue to play defensive basketball. You're, you're going to get a lot of 2-for-10, 4-for-20 from Russell Westbrook. His stat line doesn't worry me or, you know, get me excited. Like, th- that is just what Russell Westbrook is. He's a volume scorer that doesn't really shoot a high percentage. That's just who he is. But Bradley Beal, if you're going to tell me he was going to go 1-for-6 from threes, yeah. and, but still go make 14 buckets but only 1-for-6, I'm like, that's happy. That That's the thing. Like, their perimeter defense – was excellent tonight. You said two for something. It's two for 22 from the three-point line tonight. That's excellent, in my opinion. That's better than excellent. That's not just bad shooting. That's hands in the face. That's great rotation. No open looks. Um, And and that's where you got to be excited because when you get to other teams in the second and third round, they've got better shooters than Washington does, and you're going to need great perimeter defense to stop that. Absolutely. And and if you look at the way that Thibel plays, if you look at the way that Ben Simmons plays, if you look at the way our defense plays, it's dominant. You have players on this team who can play and defend all five positions. And on top of the shooting when it's on and on top of the scoring where wherever it's coming from, I mean, you you can't beat that. You can't beat that. So as long as this team stays focused, like Wayne said, this should, this first round should be a sweep. And then whichever one of the tough teams we get in the second and third round. Which, by the way, right before we went on the air, we were joking that 
The Knicks were down 70 to 60 to Atlanta. They're now up 76-75 to Atlanta. So they went on a 16-5 run and are now in front at the end of the third quarter of that game. I still yep. say the Knicks win that series. And that we're tracks. facing the Knicks in the second round. That tracks. I mean, yeah. Look, the Knicks, the Knicks are working their magic this year. I don't understand how, because Julius Randle ain't it for me. Oh, I'm um, a big Julius Randle fan. You are? Not as a star on a team, not even necessarily as a secondary feature on a team. But you put him on a team, say Washington. You've got a point guard in Russell Westbrook, a right. gunner like Bradley Beal, and then you put a strong power forward, you know, which is what he is. He's a power forward. He's not a center. He's right. a power forward. Okay. He plays a little combo four five there, but you put him with a couple strong players. Where's that echo coming from? It's probably from mine because my headphones died, so I'll just keep uh, muting. you ruining the show <laughs> completely with all your echoes. <laughs> Julius Randle's a really good player, but he's not a superstar. He's not a guy to lead a team. Um, so the Sixers should easily sweep. I said it in the first quarter of game one that any team, and tonight I'm going to use tonight's stats as an example, that has two players, which I'll name their names in a minute, with a combined 42 minutes played of Raul Neto and Ish Smith, the Sixers should not lose a game when those two guys are starting and playing regular minutes on a team. So it kind of kills the whole, you know, this play-in series and the, the ninth and the 10th seed. These teams shouldn't belong. Um, but, yeah, Ish Smith, Raul Neto are not winning players in a regular rotation, just so you know. Greed. Greed? There's greed or you he, agreed? He agrees. Agreed. I'm looking for a spare pair of headphones now so it doesn't <laughs> oh. echo. Oh, well, I don't want to tell you. I never use headphones. I don't ever hear an echo on my side. Uh-oh. Are you losing? Yeah. yeah no, I'm here. Here. I don't know. I have another idea. Here. Yeah, Chip's just ruining everything here. <sighs> Jeff, do you think – so I, I said if there's any chance, maybe they give one final punch the Wizards in game four and maybe squeak out a game four win when the Sixers aren't paying attention. Do you think the Wizards can win one or two games in Washington, game three, game four, and try to make this even remotely of a series? I feel like they can win one. I, I, I had the Sixers in five. I don't want to be too overconfident with this squad because, you know, Philadelphia sports teams, you have high, high uh, expectations and – Something happens, or they let you down. So I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to disrespect Washington by feeling that even though I feel that Philadelphia overmatches them, that they maybe can't squeak out one game. So I, I do have uh, Philadelphia still in five. If they sweep, great. It, it's just one, something you brought up before is when they had eight days off, uh, the rust that they came in the game one. That, that's the one thing I'm worried about. I would say if they do sweep, depending on how the rest of these series go, when the next uh, first game of the series is. Is Doc uh, Doc's gonna have to keep them on their feet, keep them prepared because we we, we we're not gonna win against uh, the, some of the better competition in this conference uh, in the playoffs if you're gonna have rust if you're gonna have come back with a rusty performance. So J Chip, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw the next topic here. I'm looking at the box score, okay, and, and it's an, and it's just, it's a it's a skewed box score because we just blew them out. The starters didn't play the fourth quarter. But I want to talk about the rotation of the Sixers. First off, the George Hill trade. I mean, it's proving again oh, and again and again that George Hill, that trade was better than any trade that could have been made. 
He's paying dividends in his short period of time here. I know he only had seven points, a couple assists, a steal, but he's at floor general with the second unit when Ben Simmons is on, on there. Matisse Tybel was the second in minutes off the bench with 20 minutes played, four steals, and five blocks. Yep. Shake Milton is kind of falling, not necessarily out of the rotation, but he's getting less and less second-half minutes. Is that a sign once we get to the Nets or the Bucks in the third round that you're going to see when that rotation tightens up, that you're going to see Matisse playing 25 minutes, George Hill playing 28 minutes, Dwight Howard doing his backup center minutes, and that might be all you see in the second half of games? I mean, it, it very easily could. I mean, look, we saw as the season was winding down, Shake Milton starting to fall out of favor a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he turned kind of into a turnover machine, which he hadn't been before. Um, but for him, and again, looking at the stat line with the exception of, you know, the players who kind of were just sneaking in, Shake Milton with 14 minutes. But he had seven or eight of them in the first half. And then right. he had three or but, four of them in the garbage time at the end of the game. Right, but my point like was going to be – Looking he only at a played like stat. two real minutes in the second half. Right. My point is going to be looking at a different stat. If you look at all these guys, right, Shake Milton had, for plus minus, an absolute zero. Mm-hmm. He was not an impact player on the court, and he played 14 minutes. If you look at Thibel, he's plus nine. Maxi plus eight. Dwight Howard, plus four. Paul Reed, plus, like, everybody made an impact. Yeah. George right. Hill, plus 15. So Jake Milton, zero impact. I don't know if either of you guys noticed this. Johnny Higgins brought a comment in here a minute ago. Mm -hmm. Moment of the game. I remember the dunk, and then he flexed, but I do not remember Embiid yelling at him to get back on defense. And I don't remember it. I'm going to go back and look for that moment. If somebody wants to send me a clip on Twitter, at Bearded Knowledge of this, I love to see it. Um, That just goes to show that Embiid is focused on one thing, and that's hoisting that title – at the end of the playoffs. Yep. And, and I just I just love to hear, because I didn't notice it, that leadership that is coming out of him here yeah. in the playoffs. He, he's not focused on points. He's not focused on – he is focused on the number, at this point, 14. He needs 14 more wins to hoist a title. Yeah, 14 more. Okay. Sorry, I had to do the math in my head. I knew yesterday. I know, I know you're a teacher, but I still yeah. don't trust your math. I'm, I'm not still- a math teacher. I'm I was not count- a math teacher, but I, know, I, I was do know on the history. underneath the screen here just to make sure we were right there. Jeff, what do you think about the Sixers rotation going forward? Obviously, we're going to have an 11 to 13 to 15-man rotation the rest of the series, even next series against the Knicks. Most of those games against the Knicks are going to be double-digit wins. But And I, I'm saying that now the Hawks are going to come out, win that series, and <laughs> you know push us to seven and all. I'm totally yeah. jinxing that and all. Probably but are. on the flip side of the equation – we should be able to keep a deep rotation and rest of players in the next two rounds. But once we get to that Eastern Conference Finals, and if we get to the finals like I think we're going to get, sure. what's going to happen to the rotation? Hopefully the guys can pick up their game. Uh, I'll say so far, first two games, the bench has been playing pretty well and contributing. Luckily for us, our starters have been contributing as well with Simmons and Embiid and Tobias Harris all, all over in double digits uh, today's game. Uh, so but the question is, 
What happens if one of these guys struggles? What happens if Tobias Harris uh, gets hurt or or uh, or has a bad game? Same with Embiid and Simmons. Can the rest of this squad pick up the slack? And for the most part, they're playing pretty well. But once we start getting some of those better imp- opponents and the matchups, it's, it's going to be interesting to see whether they can contribute as well as they have been. So uh, I have a little bit of confidence. I have confidence in Doc Rivers as a head coach, a guy that's been there before, that knows what it takes to win a championship. Yep. Uh, so I do have trust in him to make sure that these guys are ready and uh, he puts them in the position to and the, ma- the correct matchups to get the best from his players. But look, uh, th- this team is, for the most part, uh, they, they, they don't have a lot of experience exp- on the depth uh, on, on the bench at the, in the playoffs. So uh, it, it's going to come to that experience factor a little bit. Yeah. And as Mike brings up here, I mean, you had two bench guys scoring at double figures, Maxi and Corkmaz. Some of those points came in the garbage mop-up time at the end. Honestly, George Hill with seven points was your leading bench scorer before the game basically was over. He is right in saying that we do need to see more scoring or offensive output from that second unit to take some of the pressure off of the big three. The, The scoring is nice. My bigger concern with that second unit is if the first unit looks like it does tonight and just straight up dominates, that when the second unit comes on, they don't let who's ever on the court for their opponent close that gap. So the, the scoring to me is an added feature for the second unit. I need the defense of that second unit to be absolutely exquisite. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. I, I do want to touch on Mike's comment here, um, underestimating the Knicks. It's not that I'm underestimating the Knicks. I just think the Knicks are not the same class as the Sixers. The Knicks have Julius Randle, who's a really good third star on a team, being forced in the first star role. Derek Rose is set, has 75-year-old knees. You know, I, I, I'm not ready to say that, that those two stars, R.G. Barrett's still really young. They're not ready to compete in the second round, the semis or the conference finals or anything like that. And and, and the Hawks are just even further behind the Knicks are at this point. So I'm not concerned there at all. There are two teams in the same class as the Sixers in the East. The Nets and the Bucks. Besides that, the other five teams that made the playoffs, they might as well have just not even shown up if the Sixers show up to play. There's a really legitimate chance that three of the four Eastern Conference series are four or five game series, right? Reaps or one or four four to one because outside the Hawks Knicks series, the Bucks and and the and the Nets should just like the Sixers dominate their opponents, which they've shown that they can do. Um, and now now so that seventy to sixty Atlanta lead has now turned into eighty eight seventy eight Knicks. That's a twenty eight to eight run by the Knicks in literally fourteen minutes of game action. I just again outside of Julius Randle and old Jalen Rose, I just don't understand who is doing that scoring because RJ Barrett is young. I don't know. I'm gonna bring up their box score here on my screen so I can see who's scoring. Who's scoring? I'm gonna do the same. Let's say next. So you got Julius Randle's got 13 points. Nerlens Noel has dropped a solid two. Dark Rose has got 24 off the bench. They do have Alec Burks, you know, off their bench as well. Um, Three of their bench guys have more minutes than. You know, three, you know, multiple of their starters. So that's 
that's always saying something right there. I know, man. You know, Obi Toppin. I've loved that guy since they drafted him. I just love that. I just think it's a cool name. I, I think he's a overrated player, but that's another sure. subject. But yeah, I mean, the Knicks again, Mike. They're a really good team. They're just not the class of the rest of the uh, NF N NFC, the uh, Eastern Conference. I'm already moving on in my head. Well, say, do you want to start talking we'll football minutes. at this point? What's that? I was about to say your your subconscious wants to start talking football at this hey, point. I'm starting to think. I, I love talking football. I love talking Sixers, Phillies. We could talk about it all. I don't even know what the Philly score is tonight. I'm not even worried about the Phillies. Two to one. I'm watching it now. I switched over. Are they winning? Yes. Wow. Who's pitching tonight? Nola, right? I don't know. They're in the bullpen. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's the next three four minutes. Let's wrap up this. What do we expect to see, and what do we hope to see? Of this, the same and also getting better in the next two games, guys. It's for me, it's really simple. You saw what worked. Now you need to do it again. You don't, the only thing that's happening at this point is you're starting to see Westbrook starting to get hurt. You saw, uh, the, the, the tall Lithuanian dude score absolutely zero points. Bertans scores zero points. So well, you, out in the third quarter. He fouled out in the third quarter. That is a guy that is a three-point shooting specialist who plays zero defense foul out in that short period of time. Because Hashimura went to the bench early in foul trouble. So mm -hmm. you have to force the ball inside so mm -hmm. that you can force these players in, into trouble. And that's what worked. Continue. Rinse and repeat. Can I go on a little side tangent that sure. I really think Hachimura on a different team coming off the bench would be a really solid role player on a good team? I, I, I've watched him play a bunch of times. I followed him because of fantasy purposes. And I really, I mean, he had 11 points, seven rebounds tonight. You know, he played 26 minutes. He's got a nice little smooth stroke from the outside. He's not a high percentage shooter, but. I, I really do like him as a basketball player. I do too. I just – this team in Washington is very point guard heavy, mm -hmm. and uh, he's not a point guard. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff, what would you like to see on Saturday night? Because we got to wait multiple days again till the next game, which is just frustrating as all can be. Uh, what would you like to see in game three that would maybe change your opinion – from going from a five-game series to a four-game series. <sighs> Can anything do that? Because I'm still sticking, I don't know. Okay, sticking to four-game sweep. Today's performance was pretty well done. It was pretty well overall performance. You got a lot of contribution from your uh, from your starters, from your bench. And granted, it was, like you said, it was a little bit in uh, – in uh, chalk time, but uh, and they played well defensively uh, for the most part. But my my big key for them to go forward in this series is once again, don't take the Wizards lightly. Uh, right now, yeah, you won in dominating fashion, but keep a level head. Make don't underestimate your opponent because if you do that, that's that's where most opponents come back, and that's what they take advantage of. And they come back to strike. And I'll say one win, the one win the Wizards have, they win Game Three, they're right back in the series. So uh, anything can happen. They can have all the momentum if they somehow steal a game in game three. So game three, I think, is going to be a very pivotal matchup because it's a big difference between being down 2-1 or 3-0. Uh, I, I, I hate how the NBA does the whole series, though, how it's 2-2. I would love for the Sixers to finish it 
uh, on their home court. So that's why sir, I'm sort of uh, going for the fi- uh, in five. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they just have to make sure they keep a level head and uh, don't look too far ahead to their next opponent too quickly because the Wizards, they can be a dangerous basketball team when they're on. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to totally – no. I, I, they're, they're not a dangerous team. There's no chance. I yeah, say, I'm trying to give them a little respect. I, I know you're trying to give them respect. Outside of Bradley Beal, and I'm actually a huge Russell Westbrook fan, and actually at one point in my life I was a Scott Brooks fan when he was the coach of the Wizards or the, the, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, as long as you can control Russell West or Russell Westbrook, David Berton, let Bradley Beal do what he's do. You're not going to stop him from scoring 25, 30, 35 points. As long as you keep him from those 60 point games that he does go off on those 50 point games, I, this, the series is over already. So I just want to see the offense. There's enough offense to beat the, the, the wizards. Even if they're shorthanded, even if Curry's a little banged up and needs to, you know, miss a game. I want to see the defense keep the intensity, keep shutting down, keep forcing Russell Westbrook to take four or five three-point shots a game that you know he's not going to make many of. You know, David Bertans, even though he fouled out, he was 0 for from three because they had a hand in his face. So I want to keep seeing the defensive intensity because when you get to the Knicks and then more so when you get to the Nets or the Bucks, you're going to need that defensive intensity to be spot on. And, yes, Adam, Russell Westbrook is a crybaby. I love his intensity and I love his heart, but the dude's a crybaby, one hundred and twenty percent. Yeah, he he's definitely of the uh, I'm gonna whine for my call variety portion of the NBA, as we've learned. Yeah. Before we go to a quick commercial break, you know, Nick checking in saying Coonrod blew another lead. I guess that means the Phillies aren't winning anymore. They are no longer winning, Phil. Thank you for checking in. Thanks for Nick and Chip and everybody chiming in there. Yeah, they they are. Yeah, they will not be able to win. (laughs) Yeah, the Phillies are making me get grayer and grayer every single day. Um, Yeah, that's it's not good. All right, so what we're going to do, everybody, while you're watching, while you're tuning in, when you're listening later on on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all those things, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to transition into some Eagles talk here. And uh, wrap the next 20, 30 minutes up with Eagles talk here uh, because we got a little interesting topic here to go with. So do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. You come back in two minutes. Yeah. See you. For me, always been a get better mentality every day, grow every day, uh, be a better leader every day, be a better quarterback every day. And when that rinse do, I I don't plan on missing no payments. So it's, it's work.
And we are back. Johnny has joined the show. Hope everything's going well there, Johnny. Um, welcome back to the All About the Birds weekly report. We're still live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Make sure you're sharing it out. Spread the word. Hit and retweet, like, share, subscribe, setting all your notifications on uh, so that you know when we are live. Um, real quick, we do got to pay a bill or two. You know, we kind of avoided that because we were just, you know, jumping right into Sixers talk earlier. A lot of great sponsors on this show. First off, we got 99jersey, 99jersey.com. 20% off gets you with the code AATBIRDS. Great jerseys like the one behind me, the ones you see Chip wear on all his shows, Chips and Dish, every single week. Great jerseys, great stuff over on their website. Make sure you check that out. Statement Games, a fun, free twist on fantasy sports. I say sports because they got all different sports on there. I finished in fourth place in their PGA Championship event last week. Not good enough to win, uh, but a great ways to earn free prizes, gift cards to Apple iTunes and different places like that. Great things. Make sure you check it out. Them and our next sponsor, Odds Jam. Um, their bios and their link, or their links are in the bio of this show on Facebook and YouTube. Odds Jam is a way to help you never lose money again when you're making your bets. Um, make sure you check them out. And finally, Manscaped. You know all these sponsors. You know Father's Day is coming up very soon. Great way to thank Dad. Get them gifts to Manscaped. Ninety nine jerseys. You know a free subscription to Odds Jam. Whatever you want to do, make your dad in your life happy. Um, and as Manscaped always says, your balls will thank you. Chip, do your balls say thank you every day? Why, yes, they do. Hey, there you thank go. you for checking in on my, my – I, I don't care, but I got a message from a little Tweety Bird. They wanted to make sure your balls were happy. Thank you for checking in on my nads on the air. Uh, everybody in the, in, the, in the Twitterverse appreciates it. Twitterverse, Facebook, and YouTube. They all appreciate it. Our thousands of followers all now know that we checked in live on the air. Yep. Yeah, so I don't have a problem with a, with a YouTube, I'm good. if you I'm gonna, will. I had a comment, but it's a, it's a family show, so I'm going to keep that to myself. Yeah. Dude, we're, I think we're my comment ruined. It's, it's after 10 o'clock. We're allowed to go from PG to PG-13 after 10 o'clock. Yeah, we're talking about McCurley's on the and air. If we, hit 11, if we hit 11 o'clock, then we can go rated R. All right, so I put out a tweet. You know, there's a lot of small topics to talk about with the Eagles throughout the offseason. Um, yeah, Nick, yeah, TMI, I know, totally, 100%. Just trying to lighten the mood. The Phillies are losing now. The Sixers won. We're talking about the Eagles. we got to have a little bit of fun. So I put out a tweet earlier uh, earlier this week. A lot of great conversation. That's the one thing you'll see on any of our Twitter accounts. Make sure you're following all of us on Twitter. Beard and Knowledge, Chip for the Birds, Jeff Warner, NFL Jeff Warner, or Jeff Warner NFL, I forget now, and Johnny U9322. Um, this is the tweet I put out this week. You know, obviously, there's been some Julio Jones rumors that he's available for a trade. Um, he obviously said something supposedly off the record live on TV, which is another whole subject because that was totally staged. With the, some yeah. trades cuts, the Eagles could hypothetically make a move for both Julio Jones and Steve Nelson. And the question I posed to everybody, would you prefer one or the other, both, or just roll with what you got? And if you respond to any of our polls, any of our tweets, you're going to get an active discussion. You're not going to get a, that's a dumbass idea or, you know, shut you off or block you right away. We're going to all engage you with honest answers. Uh, Chip, Chip's, Chip's sharing of it doesn't show the, uh, 
Yeah, look at well, all those. And then under each comment, there's right. I'm, I'm showing the point of we yeah. actually have look, the conversation. Open conversation. Chip, just vote. Just pick either any of them. Pick um, one. Just so you can bring up the answer that is on the poll question here. All right. Um, well, got about on. 240. Hold on. Hold on. You want to vote? You don't want us to know who you're voting we're for? There's going to be a little check mark next to which one you vote. So we're going to okay. know which one you voted we're for. We're good now. Here's no one will ever know. Yeah, we know you said get both. <laughs> All right. So we're in the Eagles portion of this thing. I brought this up because I thought it's an interesting conversation because we all think we're rebuilding, not retooling. Johnny has brought the point many of times mm -hmm. that year after missing the playoffs, the Eagles seem to always make the playoffs. And in 2017, obviously win the Super Bowl. With minor tweaks to the salary cap by cutting a player here, trading a player there, and there's boatloads of options there that we could hypothetically get both. So we're going to go with Johnny first since he's just joined the show. Where was your vote if you voted and why? Before he answers that, can I ask him one other thing too? Johnny, you've been really good about this. Can you give us an update on where the salary cap is right now? Because I know some news came out about that, which could affect some of these answers. So I'll start off with with that question with the salary cap because right now the Eagles have I think it was around like four million in space, but of course June first there's a lot of things that could happen. So, but next year and at June first the the Malik Jackson and the Alshon Jeffries thing doesn't take effect till June first. So that number's instantly on June first going to go up. Exactly. Um, but also next year 2022 they set a uh, the cap 208.2, which is uh, over 20 million more than it was set this year. So basically the Eagles right now, they would have around, uh, you would probably say they'd have around 35 to $40 million, which will probably go up because if you have rollover, that of course extends it. So they're going to have money to spend next year with also there's other stuff that can happen that they can do and make more money. So they're going to have room and they're going to have ways to do that. My answer is a little bit tricky. I want Nelson you know, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. I, I love Julio. I posted a bunch of edits of him and Eagles just because it's a fun thing to do when people start throwing all this stuff around. Um, the only way I'd want both is if you get Julio and not have to mortgage the future. I'm not trying to get rid of multiple picks or get rid of a high draft pick and take on all that salary. I understand where the cap is, but again, to pay him $15.3 million when you really don't have that this year and you have to do a lot, a little bit more extensive moving of depleting other depth at positions to just get one veteran receiver. That I don't agree with. But if there's a way that you could do a mid-round pick and say Atlanta takes, you know, a portion of that salary as well, then you then I I'll, I'll start talking about it. So Jeff, I said that I don't think it's going to take this first-round pick and multiple assets, and I think you're going to be able to get. Julio Jones for at best a second round pick or at worst a second round pick, maybe even a third round pick and a player to help alleviate some of that cost. Do you agree or disagree with that there, Jeff? I agree. I can see that. I agree. Unless you have multiple teams bidding for his services, then it could get a little bit tricky. But if there's not many offers, and he, he also says he wants to go to a winning football team. I, I, I love the part about even though it was probably staged, the fact that Shannon Sharp asked him on the air, does he want to go to the Cowboys? He said no. He wants to go to a winning organization. That that was the best part of the whole freaking conversation. It was totally staged. It was totally staged, but I love it. Shannon Sharp called him before the show and said, answer your phone. 
I'm going to yeah. put you live on the air, pretend it's not live. Yeah, but, that, that was 120% staged. But I would say as far as the poll question, I I, I went with I, I agreed with Johnny. I went with Steven Nelson. Uh, mm-hmm. the, not I won't get Julio, but you have to remember, Julio's 32 years old. He's coming off uh, the first season that he's had less than 10 games in a year, his first less 1,000-yard season. So the production, the injury concerns are there for a wide receiver at that age. Mm-hmm. And I would, I, w- I would lean a little bit towards where trying to get both of them if we were in a win-now mode or, or we were close to winning, and he, and he put you over that hump. You have to remember, we have a lot of young wide receivers that we keep on talking about how this franchise doesn't develop talent. The fact that we just drafted with 10th overall Devontae Smith, uh, we still have Jalen Rager uh, going into his second year. We have a bunch of late round selections from a year ago that are still on this roster and looking to get some playing time. You still want to know what you have with them. I, I think Julio could be an explosive option for you, but for how long and for what would, what would it take? Steven sure. Nelson is still at 28 years old. Can still You can sign to a one-year deal, see what he has. If he doesn't pan out, you can move on from him. If you feel he's going to fit well in Gannon's defense, you like Johnny brought up, the cap's going up over $20 million, uh, in the following year. They'll have cap space to give him a little bit of an extension if they feel he can be their second corner on the outside. The other, Jeff, the other before question- you answer on your why, and Johnny, before you dive into that, I just want to touch on one thing. I don't want to hear about we have these young wide receivers that we invested draft capital in because there's not one wide receiver outside of Devontae Smith and maybe Jalen Rager that is anywhere near the ceiling that Julio Jones has. I don't want to hear the people talk about Travis Fulgham. Get that crap out of here. I don't want to hear about Jonathan Hightower, Quez Watkins. None of those guys have anywhere near the potential that Julio Jones is even at 32 or 35 years old. So I don't want to hear any of that talk because our wide receiver room has been absolute dog trash for several years now. Right. And if you are talking about, you know, Julio Jones, does he immediately upgrade the wide receiver room? Without a a doubt, without a doubt. So ideally, yeah, we would love to get Julio Jones. However, my thing, and I did my show on this on Monday, I said right now, what is more important to this Eagles organization than Julio Jones is and 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 Deshaun Watson and and Aaron Rodgers and all these guys. What's more important right now is those three first round draft picks because we are going into a se- coming off of a season with four wins and going into a season where we have a lot of young talent that has not been coached with a brand new coaching staff. We have got to see what these guys are and either keep or move on from them and use those three first round picks to fill those holes. Well, that is actually a great transition. I'll throw it to Johnny. I'll ask this. You want to see what you have with Jalen Hurts. Don't you owe Jalen Hurts the opportunity to at least prove himself with real talent? Because let's be honest, not only did I just mention Hightower and Watkins, we could throw Ward in that too. We don't have any talent at wide receiver for him to prove if he is the future quarterback of this team or not. The only way you could prove it is by giving him real true weapons. Yeah, you you give Jalen Hurts, you know, who right now is your quarterback number one. He's the guy that you're you're looking to take that next step. And getting, you know, getting talent at that position, a prime position, I don't think it takes the development away from Smith and Rager because Rager's going to play a lot of the slot and you're going to have Smith on the other side. My other issue here, I want to touch on the point is to call him oft injured because he missed a bunch of games last year from 2014 to 2019. He missed four games. So to say he's oft injured and say that he's 
hitting it uh, downward. He averaged 85.7 yards per ca- per game last year. That that would equal out to 1,400 yards. And for me, he is a bona fide star. This isn't AJ Green. This isn't a guy that's injured time and time again. He's played and he's played at a productive level. And it doesn't look like he's like I think he has three to four years left. And the way you the way you look at it is there's other receivers who are stars that have played well in their 32, 33, 34. You know, he is a bona fide superstar receiver. But then again, I'm not giving up the world for him because again, of I this. don't think you have to give up the world. And you, you can take the poll off the screen there, Chip, if you want to. It's it's fine. We've all seen it there. You know, you don't have to give up the world. Teams aren't going to line up because of the money that is owed to him, because people are only looking at his injury history from last year, because they're looking at his age. You're not – I know Atlanta's saying they want a first-round pick, plus it's not going to take – the Eagles thought they were going to get first-round picks for, for Carson Wentz, and they got a conditional first-slash-second. You know, it's not going to take that. And the no, reason but- why I voted for both, because Julio Jones wants to go to a winning team, right? We all can agree on that, right? That's what he said. Mm-hmm. You get Steven Nelson and Julio Jones on this team, and all you have to do is give up a pick or two, get rid of Maddox, get rid of Andre Dillard or whoever you have to trade, you know, and getting rid of Zach Gertz and whatnot and all. All of a sudden, you do those minor moves and bring in those two star players. Guess what? We're the favorite to win the NFC East, in my opinion. And that's not a homer pick. That's two guys making that much of a difference on this borderline team right now. But, Phil, you also have to realize, too, if you look at Atlanta, their cap situation is absolutely awful. They need to Mm -hmm. unload Julio to get to be able to afford – because they've had to push and kick the can down the road with their other players. So they're in a situation where – they have to get rid of Julio. So, and that's and that's why the 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 the, the people that were posting Zach Ertz and a pick for Julio Jones. That's why I didn't even bring that up no. because that wouldn't work because of their cap situation. But hey, maybe a pick in Andre Dillard, who's what one point yeah. seven against one, the cap. Yeah, so it's not one point eight. You know, yeah. give them a young guard or tackle that can maybe protect Matt Ryan in his later years. You know, might intrigue them. You know, there's other moves. You even hell throw Andre Dillard. And Avante Maddox, two young, cheap players that might fit their schemes, plus a third-round pick. That might be all it takes. And all of a sudden, you're giving Jalen Hurts the best opportunity to prove himself, which if you, anybody that's listened to all these press conferences and all these you know players and coaches talking, everyone's hyping up Jalen Hurts. Everyone's talking mm-hmm. about the leader he is, the effort he, he's putting in. You don't know if it's going to translate on the field unless you put weapons in front of him. And Julio right. Jones is ten times better – than any wide receiver on this team at this current moment. And he will teach the young guys that have talent or potential talent like Smith and like Rager how to be stars. I think for me, and you you mentioned a couple of things there. So first off, the Zach Ertz thing. I Again, I said this on Monday night. Zach Ertz has zero trade value. Absolutely. If he had trade, and I understand cap situations are what they are. I understand that. He had a zero worth of trade before the draft. He had a zero value of trade during the draft where teams then went out and grabbed their own tight ends that they wanted. He's not. He's going to have to be released or he's going to have to shut up and play here. So point one to say that 
Zach Ertz is going to be a very high value trade piece to the Falcons when they just got pits. Yeah, is stupid. Dumb yeah. comment from the, I forget what's me. There's a mainstream media guy, which we always say, avoid the mainstream. Focus avoid on the, the mainstream guys. media. That, that's why you don't listen to him because it's just a dumb, unthought. Yeah, why I stopped listening to sports talk? Radio. I was ready. I was ready. <laughs> dumb thought process from whichever one of those donkeys were saying that on social media. My second point, and you mentioned Dillard, and again, I understand that it is May, but for this to be the first offensive line that's rolling out right now, y'all, that's not Andre Dillard at left guard <laughs> or at left tackle. That's my to be, though? What's that? Did you expect them to be in this picture? <laughs> Apparently, I mean, well, I, I think listen- we can all agree that Jordan Mailata earned that spot. Jordan Mailata should be the left tackle of at least this year and maybe the future. But to look at this and go, all right, well, Andre Dillard, we got to trade before training camp and he gets hurt again. We got to get something for Andre Dillard because he was a first-round pick and maybe somebody else can get something out of him. Or maybe we keep him as a swing. But at this point, he's year, what, three? To have a backup first-round pick in year three who lost out to an undrafted rugby player for the position – you drafted. can move on. Seventh round. Seventh round. 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 Jalen Mills seventh is a seventh round pick too, and he's a superstar. So right, but you can move on from Andre Dillard at this point, in my mind. Jeffrey, what's up? Huh? I was asking you to chime in. <laughs> he got. I think he got a little. You know, he's coughing a little bit over there. Sorry, I a little lost track. Yeah, it's, it's kind of out of it. A little, a little water. It's, it's past his bedtime. We we've hit ten fifteen. All right, Johnny. Dive in because I know you were going to say something there. No, the, the the whole Andre Dillard thing is my only thing is the guy they signed that LaRaven Clark guy. He's probably going to start. If he even makes the team, he'd start on the pup list because he tore his Achilles in December. Okay. So that was, of course, that was an interesting signing. But Dillard, you can trade, but you can only can trade him after June 1st. And you can only trade him. You can't cut him. You can't trade him before that, the way the salary cap works. Okay. The thing is, if June first is only got, just so you know. June first only, only six days. That's it's next Tuesday, nice. y'all. It's, it's, We're it's gonna have a lot. Away. Just We're so gonna have a lot know. to talk about next Wednesday night. A but, lot yeah. to talk about. Six, next don't the Sixers play next Wednesday night again? No, no they they're winning it. They're winning it Monday. That's right. That's Before. right. There we go. But no, it, it, to me, the Andre Dillard thing is it's tough because we saw what happened when they put him on the right side, and you know we Oof. had we, we we had a few. Uh, former offensive lineman talk about that, you know, going from the left to the right when you've never done it before, it's like writing with your left hand. So for for him, there really isn't – he's not versatile. And that's the, the one main key is when you have a backup offensive tackle, they need to be versatile because there could be injuries. You don't want to be moving your starters, Malata, over to left and move this guy or that too much. We saw enough of that last year in terms of moving guys all around, in and out, in and out, in and out. But – to me, it's Dillard either starts or he's dealt. That's kind of the feeling that I have. Johnny, it's funny that you said that because you mentioned that Dillard struggled on the right side, but Mylotta did too. So either – look, in a, in a perfect world, it is a legitimate competition in training camp for that left tackle position because Andre Dillard was a first-round pick. You want to see the same way you want to see with J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, the same way you want to see with Jalen Hurts, the same way you want to see with all of these early draft picks, if they are actually worth something, you want to see if Andre Dillard is worth something. The problem is – Is it competition? 
Just saying. There, should, there shouldn't be. There shouldn't pictures, be. Pictures there speak sh- a thousand words. I know. There shouldn't be. But in a perfect world, Andre Dillard would at least get a chance. However, Jordan Mailata was the benefactor of opportunity. He saw an opportunity and he shined. And he, he I'm, I'm sorry, I really think Jordan Mailata had a great season last year. All things considered, considering where he started that season, considering who he went up against, Jordan Mailata earned the left tackle position. How, how about this, though? This is one thing that's interesting, too, is, you know, you, you also have Jack Driscoll. He played right tackle last year, too. So he, there's a, but the thing I want to see, you know, it may not be this year, maybe next year, but Jordan Mailata and Landon Dickerson, if healthy, playing next to each other, those two guys are mammoths. And what they do in mm-hmm. the run game, it's just, there's a lot of promise if you look at the offensive line. Yes, I know they're getting older. Okay, we know that. But if they are healthy, it's a pretty dominant offensive line, even a year older. Because there is some depth. You have Dickerson if he's healthy. You have guys like Driscoll played last year and Herbig, who actually lost some weight um, and looks a lot better in terms of you know, his size. He was way too heavy last year, and there's been numerous people talking about that. But he's a good backup as well. You've had players play last year. Yes, as we had that rotation of, was it 18 different, 17, 16 different? It was so many. Every game, it was absurd. 74.32. But it's good to have that depth behind there because we've talked about that this year and last year about depth at all positions and to build that depth. And last year being 4-11-1, yes, they were a terrible team, but may have helped in terms of develop some depth at some positions. All right, so let's transition. So we talked Julio. We talked the offense there. Steven Nelson, he's still available. Did he price himself out of free agency? Did he not understand how the cap was going to be tight this year? And can we get him with – I mean, obviously, say we don't get Julio, so we don't make the trades. Obviously, with the the June 1st cuts that are coming, the cap space we have, whether you cut Zach Ertz or not, can we make a one-year deal to keep, get like a one-year prove-it deal for Steven Nelson? Will he take that? Or will he hold out till training camp? Like last year we talked about Logan Ryan, where he priced himself out, you know, and then I think he ended up signing like a three-year deal late in Giants. training camp uh, with the Giants. And, you know, where is the Steven Nelson market going to unfold? Because if we can't get both, obviously you guys all know I'm a defense guy. I always want defense over yep. offense, and I've been pining for a better cornerback op- opposite of Slay. But what is the market? And, and as Don chimes in in the comments section here, why is he still on the market? Because a lot of people in that poll question, guys, said Pittsburgh is a really smart team. They're like the Patriots. They know when it's time to move on from a player. Are they moving on from him because they can't afford him? Are they moving on because they know he's peaked already and it's not worth the money he's looking for? I think he wanted an extension, and they didn't have the money right now to put the extension. There was something that broke down there, and I think there could have been – you know how businesses are. You know how you know with the the NFL, you burn your bridges a little bit. It may not work out. And the organization like the Steelers may not have worked out well. But he's not, he's not old. He's young. He can be waiting until that June 1st when a lot of teams are going to have June 1st cap hits come off the books. More teams will have more money. And he had – a handful of teams already inquiring. So he's got the teams inquiring there. So to me, he'll sign, but it'll be after uh, June 1st. And and Mike's comment here, 
there's another solid option there's as well. Cool, there's Conley. There, there's, there's, there's options out there, obviously. But Stephen Nelson is obviously the class of what's left. Yeah. And I worry that, A, the comments coming in that Pittsburgh moved on from him, that that that, that, that makes my, my the wheels turn in my head a little bit. And I, I don't want to see the Eagles make a hasty decision. Honestly, I would love if the Eagles could convince him to take a one-year deal with whatever cap space they have to come here and play opposite Darius Slay. Is this a situation, and again, Johnny, I go to you as kind of like our cap guy. Is this a situation where Steven Nelson is almost waiting to go back to the Steelers once that June 1st deadline hits? Or is like, what what is he waiting for, honestly? Is it just the June 1st thing? Uh, to me, I think that could definitely be something because right now the Eagles – really can't sign him. Even even if it was somewhere he wanted to go to the Eagles, they can't sign him because if you the way you structure the money, you're not going to be under you know or over the cap. June first, there's a bunch of teams that are be getting like Eagles are getting an extra four million. If they cut Ertz after June first, they get eight point five million. And that and that whole Ertz thing getting extra money instead of because you you cut it and kind of divide it into a couple years with his right. bonus and everything, you divide it. Um a lot of teams can do that with certain players too. So you can, after June 1st, you could see teams cut other veterans and save even more money to get to the cap. So for him, I think his thinking is, you know, wait till June 1st, more teams have more money, maybe get a little bit bigger of a one-year deal payday. Because it's happened right. already. We saw it last year. So that's my for, thought. For me, I would just, I would be really surprised if, Nelson specifically signs for anything longer than a year. You know, we, 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 we do. We keep talking about these one-year prove deals. I feel that Nelson has now backed himself into such a corner that it almost has to be a one-year prove it deal. So Wherever it ends up being. Well, is it going to be a one-year prove it deal or is it going to be like Logan Ryan, who we all – last year, we, I, I know I said on this show last offseason, the Eagles should go out and get Logan Ryan a one-year, $10 million or whatever it was going to be, prove it deal. And then he ended up signing for three years. What do you think, Jeff? Which way do you think it's going to go? I think it's going to be a one-year deal. Look, if if he if he, I, I understand what Johnny's saying, but if he really had that much interest, I, I kind of feel that teams would find a way to make it work to move the money around, have it lower this year, and move it back towards uh, back end of, of the contract. So I feel he's either waiting for a major injury or a cut, or he's he's waiting for something. I feel he's just waiting for the interest to get, be there a little bit more, but. Right now, we're having mini camps, and a lot of teams are already having their defenses and their game plans sure, and, and squad in place. So a lot of these teams, yeah, they might have interest in him if they feel someone they already have on their roster is not going to pan out. But he's not. the phone's not going to be ringing off the hook. There's not going to be 10, 12 teams after June 1st vying for his, for his services. So I kind of feel he's waiting for a major injury, and I kind of feel he outpriced himself. I kind of feel... I understand he's 28 years old. Usually you don't last long in this league, depending. I kind of feel he feels he's one of those top-tier corners or he's, or the bottom end of the top tier, but he's not. I would say he's a quality number two, and I understand he's trying to get as much payday as possible, but he needs to realize his market and realize what and, his options are and take what he can get. And and, and to, to, to touch on that some more, there's not many teams like the Eagles that are – that, that 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 are literally have one cornerback and like five practice squad cornerbacks. Okay, right. You know, there's not many teams like the Eagles also that have one cornerback, five practice squad cornerbacks, and are literally 
two players away from competing for their division title. So the Eagles have both. They have a desperate need. They have minimal cap space, but they're also a borderline, not Super Bowl contender, but playoff contender this upcoming year. So there's a lot of things that are in that pot mixing together that make this, if he's going to sign that one-year deal, make this a, a perfect melting pot spot for him to prove it, that if he wants that big deal, he could get it next offseason. Or if the Eagles move on from Slay after this year, you know, make him your top-paid cornerback next year. I think I, my one thing with Jonathan Gannon is he is a defensive backs coach, a cornerbacks coach. He's developed some really good players who weren't highly touted or anything as well. So not saying that they don't need to sign somebody because I still think they need a veteran number two corner on this roster, but also to develop some of these younger guys and kind of see what you have um, in, in these other guys you have on the roster, not saying they're going to be perennial all pros, but to be, you know, solid options. Uh, so that that's the one thing because this defense is going to be totally different than Jim Schwartz's. So we really don't know in terms of what the cornerback play is going to be like. Maybe we'll never see Sticks defense again, which I know. Yeah, exactly. As as Daniel Backley's comment comes in here, this is our hope. If if he won't sign a one-year deal, this is our hope to get a player like Steven Nelson, that it's a backloaded contract. I know we don't want to hear the term kick the tires down the road anymore, but – that's to hope to get a Steven Nelson or even to trade for Julio Jones and hope before the trade goes through, we can renegotiate his deal where we stretch some of that money down the road a little bit. That's the only way you're going to be able to bring in this year any bigger name players. I mean, we've looked at free agency, the guys we signed, we've either signed one year prove it deals or guys that are eh, okay, guys, you know, you know, not needle mover guys. If you want a Julio Jones or Steven Nelson, you're either going to have to get them on a one-year deal or kick the tires down the down down the road a little bit with them. But Phil, it, I don't we, want we to discuss compare, this as well last week. But 2017, what needle-moving deals did they really do? Right, but that team was a little different in 2017. I, I understand that. It's it's about getting a fit, which you know that they're that they're doing, and that's why I think golf season has been great because they've been getting guys that fit certain, you know, needs and, you know, certain traits that can help the team in certain ways. But uh, no, it, to me, it's, yeah, you don't want to move dumb money down the road, but what if Hertz winds up looking like a very talented quarterback and took, take that progression and takes that next step. Then you have a quarterback on a second round rookie deal still. So, and you're going to have 40 to 50, you know, 30, 40, $50 million, all depending in cap space next year. So, you know, there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of things that need to happen, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting here to see how everything plays out. It absolutely is. Chip, do you got anything else to add to this? No, I mean, I think the one thing that's really important to discuss is the, and we always do, it's the fact that this is the NFC East. So when you talk about these players that are on these prove it deals, They want to get eyes on playoff time, right? Because that's where you can then cash in. Oh, this player did well in the playoffs. They have playoff experience. That phrase, playoff experience. So knowing that there's an easy pathway into the playoffs through the NFC East, it it does matter. I, I do think that some of these guys who are still out there on June 1st 
could make their way here for one-year prove-it deals on discounted deals and take a risk on themselves. Because in reality, they're helping a team that has a pretty easy shot to get into the playoffs, which will then help their own future careers out. I don't see that with a guy like Julio Jones, who, if you're looking at just one thing, who is throwing him the ball? Matt Ryan is a drastically better, better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. Accuracy, we don't know accuracy, that. and Hall of Fame career so far. So, we well, that. well, and that's and Phil, that's kind of my point. So we don't know that thing. So for Julio Jones to take a drop off to go to Philadelphia with an unproven drop off, though. But Julio Jones at 32 years old, who's looking for his last big deal, who's looking for the winning team, it's too much uncertainty. Julio Jones is not coming to Philadelphia. Nelson could. He, he might not. And I know. But and, and that's where this question created this great conversation because you want to see if Jalen Hurts is going to be this superstar quarterback. We have three first-round picks next year to draft a quarterback if Jalen Hurts is not. But how can you get a great judgment of Jalen Hurts if you've got a freshman, you know, a rookie, Devontae Smith, a basic rookie, in Jalen Rager, and a bunch of nobodies with a new coaching staff. You can't get that judgment on Jalen Hurts if you don't have weapons. And if you can't convince Zach Hurts to stay and be a positive influence, you really have if, – if, if Jalen Hurts goes out and throws just as many picks as interceptions, if has a 52% completion percentage, you know, is running for his life, you don't have a good judge judgment if he's the quarterback of the future or not. But you do have a good judge on the fact that your offensive line is very weak. In, yeah, in, in your scenario, that the offensive line is very weak. You do have a good observation that you need to go out there and get another stud wide receiver because your wide receivers aren't getting separation. They're not reading routes. You have to look at that next level stat. So, yes, you look at the interception stat. And even with the former quarterback, whose name I won't say, even with the former quarterback, you have to look at that next level. How many were actually his fault? Not trying to remove the blame because some of them were definitely his fault. Right, and, and I wasn't just focusing on the interceptions. I'm, I'm focusing on the big picture too. Sure, sure. If wide receivers can't get separation if they can't protect him. It's not his fault if you can't get that accurate judgment if he's the quarterback of the future or not. You just can't. Getting Julio Jones here, convincing him whatever it is, say we'll trade for you, we'll extend you, whatever, get him in here, you're you're, you're going to learn instantly. And then whether you use those three first-round picks to move up to get the top quarterback of the class or you use those three first-round picks to trade for a quarterback, whoever it may be, whatever you've got to do, you need to have a 110% accurate assessment of Jalen Hurts this upcoming season. And that's why I said both. Because also, just right. as much as Julio Jones helps the offense, Steven Nelson helps the defense. And if you have a good team, you can you're not rushing the offense back out there. You're not playing from behind all the time. You know, the whole picture needs to be evaluated. And you can't do that if you don't have the proper talent on this team. Yeah. You're right. You're definitely right. Oh, I'm always right. All right. Wow. Well, I've never heard of, I've never heard a more wrong thing than you saying you're always right. Yeah, on that one. All right, anybody else got to throw anything else out here before I wrap this shaboggle up here and uh, end the night here for all of us? Uh, nah. One one last thing. If, and this is a big if, 
if Julio Jones does get dealt to the Eagles and is number 11, I could do a live change, uh, name switch on my authentic number 11 Eagles jersey. I could put a nice Jones over there, and we could have a nice little serenade, put candles around the jersey, and just – Or you could just buy a new jersey and save the Wentz jersey because that's Listen, just you – know. The only no, 11 that matters, guys. Oh, here we go. Can we go to commercial now? Let's get in the show. Yeah. The only one that matters is the one that's been there, all along. The, that's been there all along. The biggest violation in sports history is when you get your name on a sports jersey like that. I it, have my own. Well, that's I a have... huge violation for you, too. That's not a violation. You don't put your own name on an Eagles jersey. You don't have to freaking buy a jersey ever again. What's better than – dude, we I'm not going to be traded – yeah, we had four it's different we had four moves. different jersey changes since last year. We have Darius Slay, Jalen Hurts, uh, there's a couple others. So that's Amalu. That's, 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 that's the risk of buying a jersey. You no, never, throwback. You, you go into Delco, where I'm from, and you walk around with your name on a jersey, you're gonna get a beer can thrown at you. Okay. I'm just telling you right now, you're gonna get thrown out of one of the bars on McDade Boulevard if you walk in there with your name on a jersey. I'm just telling you. It's a Fugazi move. You don't do it. Total man card violation. I'm telling you, you turn in your card right now, Chip. You actually might get a, a four-day suspension from the All About the Birds Network on that one. Agree to disagree. Yeah, we'll definitely agree. I'm more concerned. Of, listen, I'd be more concerned about the fact that I'm walking around Delco. You could have ended your sentence there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Philly Delco is Philly. That's where the now, I, Philly comes listen, from. I played I've played enough shows in Delco to know that Tom I would not wear that jersey. You ever in Tom and Jerry's? I have played Tom and Jerry's. Yes. Okay. Way you don't back walk in, the in day. there with a Chip Keggy Eagles jersey without getting booed off the stage. Just Wait, is that where you're near? Is that where you're near? Is you're near Tom and Jerry's? No, no, no. That's where I grew up, and that's where I went okay. to college. Okay. Gotcha. I live like an hour from there now. Well, that's where that, you know that's what? where I come from. That's my hometown. You know, Chip may actually, they'll see number 11, thinks it's Wentz. They see his last name, and then he says, I put it there because bleep Wentz. And then all of a sudden, he's probably a savior there. And they, they got him up on their shoulders. And, you know, there's ways yeah. around it. You don't put your Johnny, name on the Johnny, we don't mention that name on this you know, show guys, anymore. This is going to be the next poll question that goes out tomorrow. Is your own name? Uh, can, I, can you do me a favor, Chip? Send me a picture of your jersey. Hell yeah. So I have a picture to go to. Hell That's yeah. That's going to be poll question to starting tomorrow. Is it a? Bogus move to put your own name on your jersey. All right, let's wrap this party up, kids. Again, we got to thank everybody for tuning in. This is the All About the Birds weekly report. Half Sixers, half Eagles this week. Got to thank all our sponsors and everybody that's tuned into the show. Some new people, some great comments in the comments section. I didn't shout it out at the midway point. Got to check out our website, aatbirds.com. Our content there is great. Adam Mack just put out a thing literally 12 minutes ago. A new article yep. talking about the Russell Westbrook getting popcorn dumped on him. A passionate plea that that's not what Philly is. We're a really good city with two drunk fans that always cause problems. Um, check out all the great content. Check out our shop store with great shirts, great jerseys. We got great stuff on that site all the time. I really got to update the pictures, but we got stuff like this. Nobody cares. Nobody likes us. We do care. The first, the the fairway to heaven. Fifth place female. We got lots of great content on that site. It's a great way to support the show. We appreciate it. Your support helps us continue to grow this great network that we have. Statement Games, fun, free fantasy game available. Statementgames.com. 
Use the link in the bio section of the show to sign up. Uh, they got a great Eagles contest for the start of the year all on their main website right there. Make sure you check that out. You've got 99jerseys, 99jerseys.com. Great jersey site. You're not going to get Eagles jerseys, but you might be able to get Chip Keggy jerseys on their website. Hey. You can literally put anything on a jersey <laughs> that doesn't have a Eagles logo on it. And oh, great quality. Man. Father's Day's coming. So make sure you check them out. AET Birds. Get you 20% off at checkout. And they, and they always have great deals and specials on jerseys. They had the great Kobe Bryant jersey up last week after his Hall of Fame induction. You know, I know a lot of people bought that. We appreciate that support there. You got Odds Jam, oddsjam.com, the Arbitrage Calculator. Make sure you check them out. Never lose on a bet. If you're not following me, when I placed on Twitter tonight a copy of my bet, Sixers minus 19.5, it hit like I said it would. And it was a winner. But if you don't want to follow me, just use Odds Jam. They'll tell you where all the winners are and how to never lose again. Check them out. And finally, as always, Manscaped, manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping to check out. Again, Father's Day is right around the corner. These three guys are dads. Me, I'm a doggy dad. We all appreciate all the support, everything you do. We all want presents for Father's Day. So check out all our great sponsors, manscaped.com, 99 jerseys, statement games, all of them. Yeah, no. Get that off my screen as we wrap this show up here. That Wait, you got to look at the top of the head. Look at the head. Look at the awful. head. It's cut awful. off. Well, what happened there? I got an eagle carved in the back of my head. Right it looks like you got it in Delco. Porter <laughs> 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 and Ridley did that, you know? Anyway, oh, we're all thankful. Thank you all for joining the show tonight. We appreciate you hanging in for a longer show where we talk Sixers and Eagles. We'll be back here Wednesday night, 9-15 next week. We won't have to split the show because the Sixers are sweeping that series, but we'll have lots of great content next week and all our other great shows on the All About the Birds Network. Phil Stifle, I guess Chip Keggy. I, oh, I don't know what the hell that is. Get that crap off my screen. We dropped five viewers right at that moment. NFL, DJ Spazzy, Jeff Warner, and we got Johnny Uleka right there at the bottom. Thank you all for tuning in as we end every show. Go Birds. Support for All About the Birds is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code AATBIRDS at manscaped.com. Manscaped hooked us up with a bunch of tools and formulations from their Perfect Package 3.0 kit, including the Lawnmower 3.0, which comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. The Perfect Package also includes a deodorant for your undercarriage to prevent odors and chafing, a reviving lotion, a pair of boxers and a t-shirt, not to mention a travel bag to store all your grooming goodies. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBirds at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code AATBirds. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. <laughs>